0: Welcome to the Taking the Charge podcast with you from Regensburg, Germany. I'm David Hein. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for finding us. Thank you for taking your time to listen to the show. I uh, hope everybody is doing fantastic uh, in these uh, still crazy times, um, And uh, but uh, all good here. Uh, just really enjoying being able to uh, bring you, all of you wonderful listeners, a uh, just wonderful chats uh, with some uh, wonderful people who are doing uh, great things uh, in the game of basketball who have given us uh, so many years of joy and and uh, that is definitely the uh, the uh, fits for the person uh, for the interview this week. Uh, Don Showalter, the longtime coach of the Cadets is what you would actually call them back in the day, uh, the under-16, under-17 USA basketball, uh, has a uh, perfect 10-0 record in FIBA U-16 U- America's Championships and F- FIBA U-17 uh, U- Basketball World Cups, uh, five titles in both, Coach uh, has coached some amazing players, um, and uh, every time I uh, had the joy, uh, had the opportunity to cover a, a U seventeen uh, World Cup, I knew that I was going to have a chance to also, uh, yeah, just hang around, chat with um, with Coach Walter and uh, it was fun every time. And uh, this interview. Was just uh, was just the same. Um, it uh, was a trip down memory lane for a lot of things, and talking about a couple other things that uh, what he's learned uh, from international basketball competition, and and just reliving some of the some of the uh, some of the finer moments, and uh, and whatnot. Uh, so, uh, before we get to the interview with uh, Don uh every week uh, we I am also putting out the taking the charge prospects podcast that is a, uh, a podcast for uh, paid subscribers and you can uh, jump on there just click on the subscribe now uh, button on the uh, uh, in the show notes on the page and sub taking the charge and you can uh, go to the paid subscriber section and you have uh, all of the All of the interviews with the uh, with the talents. Uh, This week, uh, we talked to Mikael Jantunen, the uh, Finnish national team player. Played uh, two years at uh, University of Utah and is uh, uh, starting his professional career in Europe with uh, uh, Filaus Ostend, the Belgian superpower uh, that is uh, playing in the Champions League basketball Champions League. And uh so that is our our interview this week. Uh, here is a sneak preview of that. Uh hope you uh, enjoy this uh, little uh, sneak preview and uh, we'll catch you on the other side. Um you guys followed with, with two wins against the Estonians, uh Kalev Kramel. The second game you just had four points, but you know as they always say if you're if you're you know like struggling offensively, make sure you do the other stuff. Six rebounds, four assists, two blocks, two steals. Um maybe in general now, you know, we're a couple months into the season. How how do you think your role is is coming along with this team? I mean, after all, this is your first season as a professional basketball player.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm really happy with that uh with the trust the coach is giving me and playing steady minutes and feeling that I'm using my minutes pretty productively. But of course, it's as you said. It's my first year, so uh, I knew there's gonna be up and down. It's gonna be good games, not good games. So it's kind of just having the being ready to just learn, and if you have a bad game, get over it and be ready for the next game. And some games offense isn't great. Just focus on defense. Do whatever you can to help your team. It doesn't always have to be scoring the most points or doing that but you can help your team in so many ways so I've just kind of tried to get into mindset that when I want a court just do everything you can and try and help your team win and um, I feel like that attitude is I mean that mindset has helped me because it's it's my first year here I'm not we got a lot of experienced guy we got a lot of great players so I'm just I'm really happy for the minutes I've gotten. and I every time I step on the court I'm just uh try and help us win games and that's and we've done a. of course in the Belgian league we've done a great job and now we're, it's looking better in the champions league too so i'm, I'm really happy with the start of the season and uh, the the role that i've gotten within the team so i'm just gonna yes keep working on it and uh, hopefully we can finish strong this year and be ready for what's up next
0: all right. Yeah, that is just uh, basically one uh, question of the uh, the long interview that uh, we had that I had with him. Uh, again, uh, takingthecharge.substack.com. Go there, and you can uh, uh, go to the paid subscribe uh, uh, become a paid subscriber. Uh, subscribe now. Uh, um okay so back let's get to the interview with uh, coach showalter uh I'm gonna set this up and then uh, the wonderful music will outro afterwards so uh again I'd really appreciate your time your commitment uh supporting the the show and I hope you uh, uh hope you enjoy all of the content uh, you can subscribe you get uh all of the all of the uh gone traveling shows where we look at various leagues around the world The first two weeks of the Taking of the Talking Talent uh, podcast, uh, where we take a look at the youngsters uh, around the world. Uh, The paid subscribers, I forgot to mention, get the full archive. Those those Talking Talent uh, shows are available for two weeks uh, and then are put behind the paywall. uh, So the paid subscribers get all of the uh, full archived material. Uh, All right, so without further ado, here's my uh, talk with uh, Coach Don Showalter, uh, formerly the coach of the uh, U16 and U17 USA basketball, and now um, really one of the main recruiters uh, for the uh, youth national teams for the United States. So thank you for your time and appreciate it and hope you enjoy the interview. All right, so on the uh, Taking the Charge podcast this week, uh, Don Showalter, coach, uh, coach, director, youth and sports development with USA Basketball, uh, coach. How you doing?
2: Great, doing doing well, and uh, uh, right now I'm in Philly, uh, watching some uh, watching some Villanova basketball, but also you know evaluating high school players, which I, which is what I do all over the country now for our. Youth teams you you, 16 17 18 and 19.
0: I guess uh, uh, why don't we just first start off I mean you you know you, you just mentioned it you know um, you know looking at guys for USA basketball why don't you give a little bit of a breakdown of, of, of some of the duties that uh, like we said you know youth and uh, youth and sport development with USA basketball because um, you're not coaching right now uh, coach for I think you said 42 years uh, high school right. basketball. Um, so what does your, you know, what are your, du- what are your duties then with, uh, USA basketball now?
2: Yeah, well, um, I started full-time with USA basketball in 2016. And then, uh, I had coached previously. I started actually coaching in 1998 with the, uh, Hoop Summit game. And, uh, we, my, my claim to fame in that game was that, uh, we held Dirk Nowitzki, who is a floppy, was a flop, at that time a floppy-haired German, uh, pretty good player, but nobody knew about nobody him. Nobody knew him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we we my claim to fame is we held him to thirty-five points and about twenty-five rebounds, so <laughs> that that got him going off the charts. And then obviously he was he was a high draft pick, and that was in San Antonio that year. But uh, I I tell him when, uh, when I have a chance to see him every every now and then. I I always tell him that, you know, you wouldn't be where you are without, uh, if we wouldn't let you score 35 points. So, so uh, that was good. So I was in 98 and then uh, that was the first, my first kind of introduction to USA basketball. And then uh, 99, I coached McDonald's all American game. And then I was on some uh, committees for, for USA basketball. We used to have festivals, North, South, East, West in the States uh, because, uh, there wasn't any international competition for our young players at that time. Um, so then in 2009, FIBA started the U16 America's tournament, and then followed up the next year, the U17 world championship, world cup, as it's called now. So, um, USA basketball, uh, Sean Ford and Jim Tooley had asked me to, to, if I would want to coach, uh, those that starting that team. And uh, of course I said, yes, uh. And we, at that time, I came in at a really good time uh, personally because uh, USA basketball is kind of going through some really tough times there. In two thousand four, I think we finished with a bronze medal in Greece, and and we just got uh, uh, two thousand eight. We just got uh, uh, Coach K and Jerry Colangelo involved, and and kind of right in the ship there with those guys, and and then we started our youth our youth division, U16, U17, which has been really great for USA Basketball. Uh, but they really want some consistency in what was done. So um, I coached actually with USA Basketball from 2009 all the way to 2018. Um, and then even though i worked full time uh, starting in 2016, uh, then I, I quit coaching in 2018. Now I oversee our Uh, uh, junior national teams as far as inviting players getting coaching that whole staff so um, kind of transition from the coaching part to it to the organizational piece to it and and that's been really good that's been really fun Um, one of
0: the things that over our conversations, uh, many years uh, at uh, at U17 World Cups, so one of the things that you always kind of talked about, um, and you know, reading material, talking to to uh, Jim Dooley, uh, Dooley, you know, was always, um, you know, the one of the most important parts of USA basketball. Uh, I, I, w- with you, we're going to talk mainly about U16, U17, because that was where you were uh, mainly involved with. Was uh, you were looking for character guys? Um, yeah. What were some of the, how are some of the ways that you evaluated? Uh, I mean, cause you, cause you're looking around and you have the, you have the best of the best to pick from um, no. at this level. And I mean, and you, you know, everybody's going to say, you know, I mean, just about everybody's going to say, sure. I'll come and play gladly. Um, so, and, and, you know, you can't just have necessarily have 12 alphas, it, you know, it's not right. going to, it's not going to work. So how how do works. you, how do you, how, well, how yeah. what were some of the, some of the, um, the the ways that you evaluated sort of the character.
2: Yeah, that you know that's a great question because I think in two thousand four, our Olympic team really had really had good players, but I think it lacked character. The players lacked character. They lacked playing for something bigger than they were. Um, you know, they lacked playing for uh, USA basketball. Not not really. Uh, not really knowing what USA basketball was in 2004. I think they were, they were a little bit playing too selfish, not the culture. They didn't understand the culture. They didn't understand playing for something much bigger than they were at, at, at that time. And so when we got our youth program going in 2009, we said that we have to change a little bit of our culture with young kids so they know what USA basketball is all about because really our first group, uh, as you, as you might remember, was uh, Brad Beal, Andre Drummond, uh, uh, Michael Gilchrist, uh, Quinn Cook, uh, you know, that was, that was, and we just kind of stumbled into those kids. I mean, you know, we really had to talk, uh, talk to those kids about what they were going to do because they had no idea what USA basketball was because it's the first go around. And so, you kind of had to talk them into and their parents into what this is all about. Yeah. We're going to be traveling international and, and all those kind of things. So uh, we bring in at that, at that time, we only brought in about 20 kids that we, that we had targeted as really good players. And then uh, of course, cut it down to 12 to travel. And, and now what we, what happens is since then we have players that want to play for us. We have parents and, and uh, coaches and club coaches calling us, hey, you got to watch this kid. You got to look at this kid and so on and so so on and so forth. So one of our main goals is um, I personally and, and uh, another, another guy on our staff, we go see every player we invite. We, we don't invite anybody to our mini camps unless we actually see them play. And, and I think that's really important that we get a feel for what they're like both on and off the court, and, and we really kind of have five different pillars that we go by. You know, they obviously got to be skilled, um, highly skilled. Uh, we we like smart players, you know, and uh, players that understand the game, know how to play. Uh, toughness is a really a big pillar for us. How tough are the kids? And and so we've 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 not asked some really really good players to join us because we just didn't think they were they were tough enough. And then versatility, playing the international game, as you know, we have to have players that are very versatile. That can guard, you know, three spots. They can play different positions because I think the international game probably taught us, if they taught us one thing, it said, it's you know, our players need to be versatile in order to compete at a high level against, you know, Germany and Italy and Spain and those countries in, in Europe, but Australia and, uh, and uh, just some countries around the world. So. Versatility is really big for us. And then uh, I was like, probably the the toughest one, uh, the biggest one for us is resilience. You know, how resilient are the kids when they make a mistake or something doesn't go their way. And, you know, young kids have a tendency to hang their head. So so that's really kind of the five buckets, how, how I personally evaluate, how we evaluate players when we go watching. And then uh, I think onto that, uh, I call it uh, what, what are the kids? What what characteristics do the kids have that take no talent? Uh, such as being a good teammate, such as coachable, such as attitude, uh, such as body language. You know, so we really take into account that aspect of it. And and now that we've gotten our our uh, our group our group is you know we've we've invited thirty five to forty kids now for our training camps and. So we can really make a good assessment uh, of taking players that fit fit those molds that we that we want. And and we don't, you know, we haven't invited some really good players because we their body language might be not very good or their attitude or their coachability, but they're very skilled, they're very smart, and all that kind of stuff. So that, that enters into it probably more than uh, anybody would ever think. And then obviously. Uh, like you said, you made a great point that you can't have 12 alphas out there. They'll all want the ball. <laughs> and so you, you really have to have a good mixture of, all right, you know, you're the main guy on your high school team and you're, you might be in the NBA someday, but for our team, you might be our eighth or ninth man. You know, you, are you going to be okay with that? And so our 11th or 12th, you know, we've had Justin Anderson's a great example. You know, he was in the NBA for five or six years and he was our 12th guy, um, Isaac Gokoro, who just who, who starts now for the Cleveland Cavaliers, he was our twelfth guy, and so you know that all enters into the picture. And they were great people, they're great guys, uh, but you know they're humbled a little bit, which I think in the long term helps them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but they really—that's kind of what we look for in building our teams.
0: I got to ask you um, because this is one thing that has always amazed me. Um, uh, you, you know, looking at. Uh, Looking at, uh, for example, Australia, you know, they, they name their 12. Uh, okay. Maybe they have like one or two alternates, you know, more or less in mind, in mind, but you know, they, you know, they're always the first article that's get, that gets written on the yep. U17 world, uh, world cup site, because they've named their 12, probably two months in advance. Yep. Um, you get your 35, you know, 32 to 37 guys for your first training camp together, Uh, I think usually six, seven, eight days before the tournament starts or so, um, how do you, and so, and then, and I mean, you know, the guys you've seen them, uh, but you haven't talked to them. You haven't talked to the, you haven't talked to the guy you think is going to be the 12 who's, you know, how are they going to accept being the 12th guy, you know, and you haven't figured out who, you know who's your defensive stopper. You know, you know right. and and is he going to work? Uh, is he going to work in this different sort of aspect? You know, uh, he's a defensive stopper, but he can't hit a three. You know, yeah. and so you only get him in your training camp. You know, less than a, about a week, basically before, and you still have to travel to wherever that is because USA is not hosting it. Um, h- how do you go about um, coaching that? You know, how do you how yeah. do you how do you inst- install that that game plan? Obviously. You know, there's a press and, and that that you know sort of, and and you always try to you know push and, and run and, and get easy yep. points, uh, but how do you go about uh, installing things?
2: Yeah, that you know again, I get that question asked probably more than any other question.
0: I can imagine. Um, <laughs> yeah,
2: we, what we really try and do now is we try and bring the kids in about ten days before we actually leave for the tournament. So we'll have ten days. We go two two day practices. And then once we're at the site, we'll have three or four more days before competition actually starts. So, I mean, we're, really what we do, uh, what I've done is we, I, 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 it's really very simple. We've, we have a simple, a simple press. Uh, we put everything in that we want in with 35 guys in the first couple of days and, uh, and see how they respond to that because we want kids are smart, can pick things up. And then we make our first cut down to about 14 after three days, five practices. Uh, And then we keep 14 and then uh, two more practices, and we cut it down to 12. And then we have 12 for about uh, four, four to five days before we actually travel. So in that process, we want to put everything in that we like to have in our, you know, our basic offense. uh, uh, We do a lot of ball screens on our offense. We, we obviously we press a lot. So we, Really work in our defense, and I think to, for us, that's really a key. Is that our defense has been has really carried us. And then I always I always make a point to the players and our coaching staff uh, over the years. I, I really think you know if we'd have five our top five guys, if we would when we play Spain and and uh, you know the good teams Australia, if if we would not sub, we'd have we wouldn't win all 10 of those games. I mean, I think we'd probably win maybe six out of 10. Uh, but it's our next seven that come in that are so much better generally than the next seven that our opponents bring in. That's where we always make a big spurt. And uh, I don't know if you were in Spain and, and Zaragoza, but, right. you know, uh, I'm sure you – yeah, I remember you were. But, um, you know, at that time, uh, you know, we, we had – our, our bench would come. We had three or four guys come off the bench uh, that were that were really good. In fact, they're in the NBA now. So that really propels. So we have to kind of plan our 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 players uh, for that aspect of it and convince them that hey, you know what, you're coming into a game. You might be a sub, but you're coming in to the game when you can really make a high impact because you're going to play against really the substitutes from the other team. You know, Jalen Green's a great example. We brought him off the bench and uh, he ended up being MVP and uh, had a great tournament. He uh, had a great tournament for us in Argentina. Um, so, I mean, that's one, that's, that's one example of, uh, of a guy. And we even, you know, Tatum, we kind of brought him off the bench once in a while uh, as well because now those guys really uh, can – uh, have the ball in their hands a little more than they would if they were in the starting lineup, uh, probably do a little more, have a little more show off their skill a little bit, but also uh, really enhance our, our lead, whatever it is when they come off the bench. So uh, that, that's kind of how we do it. Uh, we really go two two practice a day. It's, it's an NBA type of training camp uh, where we put them through the rigors and, and some guys, you know, some guys, that are really good can't handle quite the, you know, the level that we expect
0: them to. Um, you won five U17 World Cups: 2010, 2012, 14, 16, 18, um, oh. and and then obviously accordingly the under 16 Americas uh, the previous years uh, from those. Um, and and I I know there's always you know, um, you know they're all my children and I all and I love them all equally. Um, uh, but did you have a favorite team? I mean, maybe, maybe a group that faced more adversity, you know, maybe the 2010 because it was your first title, maybe it was one group because it was especially talent, especially, you know, more talented than other ones. Um, maybe favorite is a bad word or, or but is there one team that maybe stands out more than others?
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, again, I get that question asked a lot. I think as years go by, I probably have, I probably have have favorite teams more so than I did actually when I was coaching them mm-hmm. because you you know you keep in contact with the players and yeah. you know I, I get a text Jason Tatum a lot and Brad Beal and you know, <clears throat> so the relationships I built with those kids they're not kids anymore but with, with those players uh, you know have kind of enhanced uh, the teams that I've coached and kind of made me think you know they're really. That was really a fun team, but, uh, overall, you know, the first team I had was, and none of us at that time really knew anything about what the world championship was, or, you know, with, with Brad Beal and Andre Drummond and, and uh,
0: and, Michael and, Chris Chris Rice, yeah. yeah.
2: and Tony Roden, you know, Roden. so that was really a fun group. I mean, we, we, you know, we didn't know how good we were. We, we, you know, and we were good. Uh, but I don't think we were that dominated. You know, you look back on, you know, Argentina and that we played Argentina in the gold medal game that year. And that was that might have been a best Argentina team since since then. I don't think they've had a better one since 2010 at that age level. 2017. So, uh, so you know, you really didn't know how good we were. And then as we progressed in the years, you know, we figured out, you know what? Hey, we need to have we need to have guys that could. Press, we need to have guys that can really buy into our defense. If we have guys that don't want to play defense, we can't have you, uh, type of thing. Um, obviously, uh, the, the group with uh, with Jason Tatum and, and Josh Jackson,
0: uh, Giles, uh,
2: and Giles, you know, what a what a fun group that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was, you know, we, I think, uh, that was in uh, that Dubai, was Crete.
0: I oh, yeah, 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 the, the Crete was when they were 19s, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and yeah, those yeah. same guys played right 16s, 17s, and nineteens. Yeah, right, right. Uh, so th- that was really a, a, a really a fun time for us with those guys. I, I really think my favorite basketball, just from the flat out basketball standpoint, uh, was uh, the, the last group I had. I mean, we had on that group we had uh, Jalen Suggs, uh, Isaac Okoro, who he didn't play much, but he was on the team, and now he's first. You know, starting for the Cavs. Uh, so Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, uh, mm-hmm. Scotty Barnes, who could be pro- probably for you know right now, he might be the rookie of the year. Uh, uh, Jalen Green, I, Isaiah Stewart, uh, Vernon Carey. Uh, you know, I mean that was that was just a really a good team. But what made that so fun is. That that might have been the most absolute competitive group of kids of all of all the teams. I mean, they just absolutely dominated play. And I and I go back to our gold medal game against France, as you remember. I mean, it, it, it was our kids that,
0: were so And that was a pretty highly regarded French team. You know, that was don't, killing don't Hayes, Teo Melodon, <laughs> even cazalon was fantastic, and you yeah. know. <laughs> You know. And we
2: said you know you' you're playing probably against at least three NBA type players here yeah. and and our kids were so competitive I think that's what kind of elevated them to the status they they were I mean mm-hmm. uh, I talked to Suggs the other night here they played in Philadelphia just this is just an example but busy uh, with Suggs the other night here and they played Orlando played in Philadelphia and, uh, you know I just asked him how things are going he goes you know what he said? I'm just not used to losing. <laughs> and you know, I said, "Well, unfortunately, you're going to lose a lot more this year.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah.
2: They're so young." But, but that was his. You know, that's his mindset. Is you know, he was just a huge competitor. You know, you, you, same with uh, Scotty Barnes and Jalen Green. So that group, because of that, made them such an outstanding basketball team uh, and just dominating uh, from the defensive standpoint. Um, so that, that was, a, that was a fun group.
0: You, you mentioned uh competitive and, and, uh, you know, and, uh, I, I had stat when, one of the, at one of the under 17 cups I don't remember what it was like, I think average victory over the 16s and 17s was something crazy, like 35 points average wow. or whatever. Um, but I want to, I want to take you back to the final of the, uh, U Uf- fifth, uh, the, uh, 2015 under 16, uh, America's. Yeah. Uh, Canada in the final. Uh, so they have guys like RJ Barrett, Simi Shitu, yep. uh Brett Zekas, uh Andrew Nembhard, uh you're, you're bringing out there Gary Trent Jr., uh, Wendell Carter Jr., Trey Jones, uh, Jared Vanderbilt, uh, uh, Vanderbilt yep. Marcus Howard, uh, Kevin Knox. So those are your names. Um, and you're down 19-3 after the first quarter, and I I want to say it was like even uh, 22 points if I'm not mistaken at the yep. beginning at the beginning of the uh, second quarter. Yeah. Um, uh, spoiler, you guys win by 17. You know, run away with it. Um, but, uh, was that a, uh, was that maybe cause you had never lost a game, uh, you never lost a, a game in either of those competitions, but obviously, you know, um, in Canada, you know, obviously, you know, smaller brother up in the North, you know, always yeah. looks down and uh, to the, to USA and says, you know, we want to, you know, beat you guys. And, and yeah. maybe your thoughts about that situation there, you're like, you know, obviously as a coach, you always have a cool head, but you know, these, yeah. you know, that, you know, Barrett and Ch- yeah. these are pretty good players. Yeah. Uh, Uh, what, what did you think about that?
2: You know, that, that was probably, I mean, obviously that was a telling moment for, I think for our young kids, our our USA junior national teams, when we were down, I think we were down 23 to two, uh, that sounds
0: about about right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that Canada team was outstanding. I mean, you know, they, they, they had every bit as good of players, I think, as we did. Uh, RJ Barrett, of course, and the big guy in the middle, uh, Chitu, Chitu man. Yeah. I mean, they they were very hard They were very good, and so that, that first quarter, you know, we just they they hit everything, and we just were not hitting anything. And, and you, the thing about that was, we couldn't we didn't really press because we never scored a basket, mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know we couldn't get into our press much. Because we, you know, we usually press after a main basket, and we did a little bit after a miss, but it's not quite the same. So, therefore, our, our defensive pressure was not the same as it is when we're scoring baskets. And I remember what they did is they did a great job taking away easy baskets for us. We got very, very few runouts, very few uh, easy fast break baskets. Uh, R.J. Barrett was phenomenal. Namhart was great. Chateau was dominating inside. Uh, so, we, I mean, that kind of thing. Well, a couple things we did at the end of the first quarter, we just said, "Hey, can we need to we need to really get this game down to ten points at the end of the second quarter? If we can go in the, you know, in 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 the locker room at halftime, only down by ten, I, th- I said, I think we can come back and win. So. You know, that was our goal, and, and we kind of told the guys, here's, here's – uh, we, we need to play this four-minute section. We need to win this four-minute section in the second quarter. You know, and we did that one. And, and then we need to – now we need to win this next four-minute section. So uh, we kind of got in a little bit of a pattern there, and I'll tell you what the whole turnaround was, and especially the second half. Kevin Knox hit a couple big baskets. But I'll tell you what, that, that was a game where Gary Trent Jr. was phenomenal. Uh, you talk about a tough kid who hated to lose, and, and that's why he's in the NBA. He's a second-round draft pick, but he's starting, and he's going to make a multi-huge contract uh, with Toronto. But that's why he is who he is, because he was absolutely not going to let us lose. In the second half, he kind of dominated there at times uh, with, with his sh- – with his shooting and his, his defensive ability. He and I think Jared Vanderel played really well uh, as, as well, and, and uh, Wendell Carter on that team. So that was kind of a coming out deal for us. We'd never been in that situation before. And, and uh, when the game was over, we ended up winning by 17. I think we were up by like six or seven with halfway through the fourth quarter. And then uh, Kevin Knox hit a huge three for us. Jared Vanderbilt got a rebound off a missed missed free throw. Somebody missed free throw, got a rebound, put it in, got fouled. That's another three point play. So there's just kind of a series of plays like that that really propelled it. Uh, and when the game was over, it's funny because my wife, she travels with us all the time. She's kind of our team mom. Uh, but I looked back here and, and she would, her she was just streaming in tears. <laughs> I go, What's the matter? We won. She goes, I I know, but it, that's just it was just. You know, so tense the whole game on that. And uh, so th- that was really the, the, the one game where and then the next year with U 17 and you know cut me off I'm just rambling here. David. That's okay, that's okay.
0: No problem, no problem. Gladly, gladly. But
2: the next year, you know, if U 17 can't we were the we were the team that Canada wanted to play again in the finals, and if you remember right, oh, they sorry. got
0: off, they got beat by. Uh, did they get beat by Turkey?
2: By Turkey. Yeah. See, then we played Turkey in the gold medal
0: game. Right. Exactly. And, exactly. Yeah. And so yeah. I think they were. Barrett, Barrett was actually with the senior national team in the buildup to that, if I'm not mistaken. Even. Yes. 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 Yeah. And
2: I, and I know. I, and I. I'm really. I'm, I'm really close to, uh, RJ's dad and and RJ. I see when we go to when I go to New York and watch games I always, but he 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 said that that. Defeat that we had. He has U sixteen. Probably is the most crushing defeat he's <laughs> ever lived. <here>. And <laughs> and so uh, you know that was that, that was historic. It was really historic for USA basketball to be down, come back, and and up winning the game.
0: Um, so I'm. I, I assume your wife was probably pretty. Uh, it was pretty tense for your wife then in the uh, 2014 final uh, in in Dubai. Uh, That was Australia. Um, That was actually the only game that, that you have ever uh, won by fewer than, than, than uh, 10 points. That was a 99, 92, uh, 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 just a a fantastic fun game. Um, And uh, your, your thoughts about that one uh, just because that was, you know, that was the closest one that, that uh, where you, you know, you know, obviously you know, with a certain level of talent, you know, a lot of people just say, oh, just throw the ball out there and they'll do their thing, whereas, you know, obviously that's not the case, but whereas right. this one, you really kind of needed to coach them up, you know, talk yep. them through things, say, you know, this is a situation where we haven't been in. Okay, the Greece yep. game was the first game. You only won by 10 points at the first game in that yep. tournament, uh, but that's always first game jitters, blah, blah, blah. Yep. This is the final. This is Australia wanting to, you know, finally, you know, you know, win uh, a title, somebody else. And, and uh, so, so yeah. what was, what was your, how, how do you remember that one?
2: Well, first of all, I mean, again, it's almost like the Canadian team in, in uh, with RJ Barrett. I mean, this, this Australia team was, I think it was the best team they've had. You know, they had Ben Simmons, Dante Axum, and then the big guy in the middle, uh, Hendricks, I think.
0: Humphreys, Humphreys Isaac, Isaac. Isaac
2: And so they were, they were loaded and then they had another guard that could really shoot it. And he really, he kind of got them back into the game in the fourth quarter. Um, I can't remember his name now, but so, so talent wise, they were, I mean, they were every bit as good as I thought everybody as good as we were. Um, I remember we, I was really happy. That Malik knew when we started out the first quarter. I think we we jumped out to a big lead, maybe 15 points or something. And I think I think Malik had about 17 points first half.
0: Mm, that's right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So
2: so we got out to a lead, and I thought, oof, this this is good. I mean, I, I hate to have a have a really close game for four quarters because I knew that they would be good enough to to make a run for us. Um, the thing I remember most about that is is how coachable our kids were. In the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, you we have all these alpha dogs, you know, we had Tatum and Harry Giles and and uh uh Josh Jackson, Malik Newman, Diamond Stone, you know, in, in on that team. And I just remember calling a few timeouts in the fourth quarter and just thinking to myself, you know, these these guys are really coachable. I mean, they really they are they really want to know what we need to do to. Continued or to for us to win this game, so um, so that that was really that was really great, and we we executed really well down a stretch. Uh, we we gave up some baskets, but most of them were on three point shots uh, in the fourth quarter. They hit they hit a lot of three point shots. We kind of neutralized Humphreys the first half, and then he kind of went off a little bit in the second half uh, with that. But it was just a, I thought it was a great game, and that might have been the gold medal game. It was really the most of, of the five, um, probably, probably the most entertaining of all of them. Uh, you without, know, just,
0: a, without a doubt, without, yeah. well, it was the only, it was the only game. You know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Without. Uh, and so our kids enjoyed, you know, playing in it. And I, I, you know, I speak to, to Josh Jackson and, and uh, Malik and, and Jason Tatum now, and, you know, they look back on that game and, and, other than the U nineteen final game, I think they won an overtime the next year or something. If I Croatia. remember right, but, yeah,
0: Croatia.
2: Croatia. But mm-hmm. uh, they said that was the most fun game they played in Australia against Australia, just because you know it was uh, we, we had ex- yeah. a little bit inside and then uh, um, so so that was really that that was a fun game. That was really one of the most fun games I think I've coached.
0: Yeah. Um, you hear all the talk about how, um, uh, about how everybody, you know, everybody talks about the rest of the world, you know, kind of catching up to the United States. Um, and, and you kind of touch on it, that the, um, you know, the, your, your top five, if you compare that top five to other top fives, it's, you know, you're, you're sort of on the same level, uh, and, uh, um, w- but you look at the under 16, under 17, and even under 19, not, not, under 19 is a little more, uh, more difficult because you don't always have uh, all of the guys available. That's something that right. you, you don't have the problem necessarily with. Um, but do you, how much do you think that the world is catching up to, to, to the United States? Let's, let's, let's say exclusive exclusively at, the, at the youth levels.
2: Yeah. You know, I, I think uh, one thing, that still sets us apart a little bit from, the other teams that I noticed that we play against, first of all, is depth, mm-hmm. uh, and secondly, is is our athleticism is still, uh, you know, is still probably better than the athleticism of the teams we play against. I mean, you know, just running and jumping and and the things like that that allow us to be pretty dominant both on the glass and on defense. But I would say. Um, I, I would like to think that the, because of the international teams being better, I think it's made us better um, over the years you know i'm I'm not sure I'm not so sure that our first group that we've had if you if you kept that you know if you take that down through the years I, I'm not sure they would we, we would have won a gold medal every year with that same group even though they're you know Andre and and Brad Beal are really good. I, I'm not sure we'd want to go medal with that group for five straight years. I think we have gotten better um, with our players. I think we've 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 certainly improved our selection process. And we've we we've, we've improved the fact that now those kids understand that we're playing for something much larger than their club team, their AU team, their high school team. You know, they're playing for our country. Which, by the way, I go back and and always say that the teams we play against have a tremendous national team pride. And our kids just don't realize that. Uh, We don't have that situation because really there's only, again, we tell our kids, there's only really two ways that you represent your country through going to war uh, or sport
0: sports and
2: and our 16 and 17 haven't haven't had that experience yet so they don't they don't really get it as far as hey we're representing our whole country Uh, i i think our last several teams certainly got it and i I think because of that we were a much better team uh and you know our first group we even the coaching staff we didn't really know what it was to represent usa basketball and we i think we've We've gotten a lot better in our, in our presentation to our players when we bring in the 35 players. We've gotten much better with our presentation of what USA Basketball is, how, what you represent. Uh, it's bigger than you. <clears throat> and, and players have bought into the fact that, you know what, I'm not gonna, I may not be a 20-point score with USA Basketball. I might not even be a starter. But I still want to be a part of the team. And so I think that has helped us during that uh, 10 years of sixteen, seventeen with our junior national team. And, and like I said, I'm not so sure had we not improved in that area that we would have won every gold medal. I think we needed to improve in that area. And, and that's something we learned from our, from, from the teams we play against. You know, the, the really tough players that, that, and they're, they're, they're playing for their country and that is so important to those kids to be part of the national team. And now it is for us too. So I think that's helped us out. I think skill-wise, um, the versatility that we play against international competitions is great. I think that's made us better. You know, we're, we're, we're choosing a little different type of player now because, you know, we got to be able to guard, uh, you know, the we got to be able to guard three or four different positions because, you know, we play Argentina and, you know, even though their personnel isn't very good at times, they're very well coached. They know their system. They run a lot of stuff. You know, they run a lot of stuff that has nothing to do with the end result. You mm-hmm. know, so you have to really figure that out, that stuff out, and you know, be able to switch and 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 kind of be able to to uh, you know to figure it out on on their own. You know, Dave, I also would say this. <clears throat> I think if there's one thing that's improved our kids probably as much as anything and improved our coach myself included has been the fee- playing FIBA rules. Cause we, we don't play FIBA rules. Our kids had, you know, high schools now, a few States play. I I,
0: cause that was some of the things I was going to ask you about. Um, yeah. so I, 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 it's, it's more just a lack of, of uh, I'll, just, I'll just ask you cause I, I really haven't had the time to go and look, um, well, I think it's a state thing, right? Uh, each, yep. you know, if, if, so states can decide whether or not they want to have a shot clock. Yep. Um, roughly, how many states do have shot clocks?
2: Well, um, as and, of now... And, and,
0: and is AAU uh, a separate entity as far as shot clock or not? Um, yep. what, what What is... Uh, and, and, and how... And, and is there an effort from USA Basketball to push that? I mean, I, I mean, okay, for every high school, I mean, to get a shot clock... You know, there's a certain level of, of financial, you know, uh, you know, there's a certain financial uh, 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 level that needs to, are you know, yeah. uh, you know, push whatever. But is yeah. there a push from USA Basketball to say, let you know, look, everybody in the world is playing uh, 24 second shot clock. I mean, you can say the same thing about college. Uh, yeah. This is a rant I've been on for years and years. You know, they missed a chance when they went to 35 to go down to 24 when they went to in the middle 30. Colleges to meant to. College is meant to, uh, in all regards, to prepare youngsters to become professionals. And in this regard, they're not because nobody else in the world plays a, a non twenty-four second shot clock. And so you're not preparing your players, your young individuals, to become professionals. Sorry the, for the rant. I'm sure, I'm sure, no. I'm sure you're you're probably not too far from that as well. But so, what about the high school shot clock?
2: Well, I mean, obviously, I'm a huge proponent of the shot clock, especially after coaching with it for 10 years. Right now, we have only about eight or nine states that have a shot clock, and most of them are 30 seconds. But the National Federation has allowed states to do it if they want to. And so I think next year they're going to add about 15 to 16 more states are you going to use a shot clock? So it's it's coming in, and I always say we're we're in the dark ages. Let's let's get out of the dark ages with basketball. I mean, let's put a shot clock in. I mean, thirty seconds is a start. Anyway. What's
0: what's the argument against having it? I think let's say a, we're, okay, financial whatever. I mean, the shot clock is yeah. you know for every high school. Okay, it, it it adds up. But let's take the financial. But what's the argument against it?
2: Well, I think a, a lot of coaches are. First of all, a lot of coaches don't know how to coach in shot clock and they're worried that there's more possession. So if I don't have a very good team, we're going to get blown out. And I say, listen, that is not true because let's say I'm playing. I'm not a very good team, but I'm playing another team and maybe we're down by 10 and there's four minutes to go in the game.
0: You have a chance Essentially,
2: without, without a shot clock, the game's over. I'm going to foul you and you're going to, and we're going to lose by 20. So I'm saying is no, I can play great defense for 24 seconds, get the ball back, and have an opportunity to score. So I'm going to cut into that lead as opposed to letting that lead go to the free throw line and shoot the free throws. And so, so, I mean, I've gone to, I've gone to state associations. Uh, Dave, I've been around. Uh, Texas has a big push on to get it. So I've spoken at, at uh, uh, state associations in lieu of the shot clock and our, and our stance on it. We've obviously, we really feel that's, that's important. I think the other thing is, you know, uh, I say, don't, don't give me this financial burden of a shot clock. You know, when, when, when football went to a 25 second play clock, there was no word of ever, all right, that's going to be too expensive to put that on a football field.
0: Heck, heck, yeah. take take the take the football shot clock somehow and yeah. put it into the basketball gym and be twenty five exactly. seconds. it's still closer to FIFA than, than no shot clock.
2: Exactly. <laughs> so I said, don't give me that financial stuff because you did it for football and no, yeah. nobody raised. Uh, you know, the, so that rule had, that rule made me a better coach. The second rule I I really am a proponent for is a timeout rule, where players can't. Call timeout on the court. I think that is that allows the players to play to, to work through things on the court and it makes it more of a player's game. You know, I mean, we, we as coaches think that you know we control everything on the court, that's crap, we don't control much at all. When a game starts, hey, you know, we've, we've done our work in practice, now let that, let's let's let kids play. So, that timeout rule, I think those two rules to me have made me a better coach because I got to have my kids more prepared on the court, what they're going to do when the shot clock runs down. And I can't call a timeout with six seconds to go on a shot clock and set up a play. They have to know what to do. Mm-hmm. So I've learned a lot from international coaches in that aspect of it. And it certainly made me a better coach. I think it made our kids better players. And I think that's a, uh, that's a huge aspect of, 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 Playing international ball and making our teams better is using those rules.
0: Let's let's finish up with. Uh, I know you're not the coach, uh, but uh, I'm sure you were watching over the uh, uh, over the summer uh, when the under sixteen team yeah. uh, uh, won won again, and uh, and and this time didn't play uh, Canada in the final, but played them in the, right. in the semifinals because Canada lost to to Argentina. You know the two big guys that you that the USA had were Robert um, uh, Dillingham, sorry, Robert Dillingham, and uh, and uh, and Roland Holland. Um, You know, obviously, this is a team that's now going to be going for title number six, title number yep. six, the under 17 world cup next summer. Give us uh okay. So obviously one of the things that you like to try to have is at least a little bit of consistency from the team that was at the under 16 to the under 17s. That yep. doesn't necessarily mean that even half of the team or even whatever. Um, yep. but, uh, you know, you are already you and your group and, 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 and the coaching staff is already kind of looking ahead to the under 17 world cup and, um, maybe kind of, a kind of like a a scouting report or whatnot or your thoughts about for next season that the uh, next summer at the under 17 World Cup.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, it's, I think it's going to be a great tournament Uh, uh, for us. We have to do some things a little bit better than we do with U 16. You know, I was in, I was basically in charge of our training camp, bringing those kids in, uh, you know, getting, getting to the point where these are the kids we're going to do with the, the the coaches now have all been my assistants at some point. So they're very familiar with what we want to do. I mean they're they're you know they're 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 pressing, they're they're playing the same type of style that we do. Uh, so uh I, I think if as I look back on the five teams that we brought, five five gold medal U17 teams, you know, we never had the same 12 from 16 to 17 in any of those years. Uh We'd always have three four i think the most we had we replaced six one year from 16 to 17 based on players you know not developing or or just whatever injuries uh or whatever on them so I, I think what we need to do i mean we're really working hard on uh, kind of filling some holes that we thought we were a little lacking uh and because u17 is a much higher level to me uh, generally it's a much higher level of competition because, you know, you're, you're working with all the European countries now, Australia. So I, I think our, uh, couple of things we need to improve in, you know, our, our inside game needs to be better. Uh, we, we had, we, we were just okay inside the pain area. Uh, our defense, we thought, I thought was really good at times. Um, but that's still kind of an ongoing thing. We, you know, we need to, we need to fill a few spots that we, where our, our defense steps up a little bit. So, I mean, we're, we're really considering players that we like to six, eight, six, nine post players that are agile, that can move uh, a little bit. So we're, we're looking for a few more of them to come into training camp. whether well, they make it or not? We don't know, but, but you know, we want that to be kind of a, a initial part of what we look to uh, where we look, where we look to improve at. And then, uh, obviously we, we have to have the kids that buy into defense. And then the, and then the culture part to it, the, how they get along, those kind of things are really important. Um, so we had we had to do some evaluation after we 16 with our coaching staff and, you know, how they felt about uh, kids getting along, what their body language was like, what, were they good teammates, uh, you know. And this was really a tough year because of COVID. I mean, they were restricted to their – hotel room the whole time and mm-hmm. you know it was not a, it was really not a fun tournament for any of the for any of the teams when you're when you have to when you have to go by that so um so those are a couple, couple things that we're really looking to improve on and and then uh i think you know we're going to obviously we're having a mini camp in april so we're going to bring in uh some of our u17 u18s and our Hoop Summit kids, because we have a Hoop Summit game coming up in April. So we're going to bring in those kids in April for a mini camp, three-day mini camp. And and, and then try to really uh, add some stuff to it, see see how they perform uh, before we have an actual training camp. And that's, that's been a big help for us, too.
0: All right. Fantastic stuff, as always, uh, Coach. Uh, it's... Uh I, I I I probably wouldn't have gone to. Well, there was no U17 last year. Uh, yeah, yeah, last year, so I didn't miss it anyhow.
1: Um,
0: yeah. Are you gonna? Are you gonna head to, Are you gonna be at the under seventeen World Cup then? Or
2: yeah, that's okay. in Spain. I, I love I love Spain. Yeah, so.
0: Spain. It, Spain is a nice destination yeah. to go for sure. Yeah. Um, well, uh, thanks so much for your time. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, love chatting yeah. and, and uh, love the uh, talk down uh, the little uh, stroll down memory lane. Uh, some of the some of the tournaments. Um, it's, 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 there, there's, uh, there's nothing bad about going back and, and reliving some of the moments. So I appreciate oh. it. And also some of the insight. And get, you guys got to work on that, uh, that shot clock. <laughs>
2: I know, I know, I know. Dave, let me, let me just end. You know, you've been a, for us with USA basketball, um, it was, it's always great to see your face in the tournaments. Uh, you've always been really a good, uh, just a good person from the standpoint of, of uh of getting you know getting our teams uh players and and and, uh uh, talking to us and visiting with us about the about the game and we really appreciate your efforts on that because i think you know when we go overseas it's always nice to see a familiar face and every time i i see you it's always yeah days days on it so that meant that meant a lot to us
0: well it's it's uh Having guys like you, uh, and you know, I never, I never had you know bad experience with any of the American players at all. So you know, it's, it's uh, it, that makes it easier, you know. Uh, you know, and 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 I mean, really think about it. We're we're all being paid to go play, watch, coach basketball. Yeah. So it's, I know it's it's hard to be it's hard to be mean, or you, you shouldn't be mean. You know, right. you should be you should be an enjoyable person. You know, you know because. <laughs> Somebody actually took money gave you money to send okay. you somewhere to experience basketball at the highest level. You know, it's pin, <laughs> pin, pinch me, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah. Ain't no kidding. There's a lot worse jobs, isn't there? Exactly. And that's that's exactly. what I say with working for USA basketball has been unbelievable. Uh, not only coaching him, but now working full-time in it. We have a great organization uh, starting from the top down and it's just been amazing. So
0: all right. appreciate it, Dave fantastic coach snakes appreciate it uh, good luck on the uh, safe travels first of all and and uh, and uh, uh, good luck on the uh, selection process
2: yeah anytime we we talk uh, is fine with me so uh, I'm always willing to do it